0: On today's episode of Go Book Yourself, the podcast that helps you master writing, marketing, and publishing, one bite at a time, I am pushing you out of the mud and muck of supposed writer's block to get your ideas flowing once more. We'll strap the chains on your tires in just a few seconds, but for now, let's let Mia take us home. Tune in to Go Book Yourself, powered by Helix Interactive, with your book coach and publishing expert, Hilary Jastrom. Before we can gun the engines and get you the heck out of the writing backwoods, we're grabbing our butter knife to spread a little love to J Ho Creative, the big mama, over at Bookmark Publishing House, the imprint helping authors everywhere get published. Got a book in you? Visit J. Hill Creative and we'll extract it. Oh, and you'll be a lot more comfortable. It's heavy holding on to a book, so let us help you out. And before I run down this list of reasons of why you're stuck, I just want you to know everybody's been stuck. There's nothing wrong with being stuck. In fact, it's a usual thing. It's something that you can expect to encounter. The reasons vary, which is interesting. So you might feel unique in your stuckness, but I assure you that you're not. Sometimes finding out that we are not alone is enough to move us forward. So if you're stuck for any reason, I encourage you to stick around and um, so we can get you unstuck, so we can talk about, well, why do I feel this way and what's really at the root of it. Reason number one, this is an interesting topic that came up not that long ago with one of my writers who told me, I don't want to write about this subject. There's another book that I want to write. And in this instance, it was a person who was writing a nonfiction book and she really felt a pull to be a fiction author, to be a novelist. So there's a couple of ways that we could approach this. First of all, very valid feelings. Absolutely. Your feelings are always valid. I want to tell you, your feelings aren't always true because they are steeped in emotion. So we have to get to the bottom of it and see what's really going on. I also want to invite you to enjoy the construction noises that just happen to pop on up my street just about the second I hit the record button. So that's always fun. That's a good, that's a good time. Way to go, construction guy. Back to our topic. I don't want to write about it. I want to write another book. Okay, that's great. Uh, you can pivot, obviously. You can say, well, that's fine. I don't want to do it. In many instances, you might be facing writing that nonfiction book that you know you really need to write, and you need to write it from a marketing perspective. You need to write it to support your business. And maybe you don't feel like doing the actual writing. Well, you might consider a ghostwriter. Get the points down that you want to talk about and have a person interview you is another thing that you can do. This is becoming pretty popular for people who are busy. They know that they need to get that. This is the biggest marketing piece ever and they know they need to get it out so they might have someone come in and interview them and then write the dang thing. There might not be that much of an emotional attachment to business writing versus personal writing So hand it off. What are the things that I need to do to hand it off to someone who's very capable? Perfect. That's one plan. Another plan is, man, sometimes you just got to do it. I would advise chopping up the work in this instance. So you need to complete that outline, get that done, and then break up the creation of the content, whether you're writing it, whether you're recording it, break it up. So I'm going to work on chapters 1 through 3 here. This is my timeline. This is the block of time that I'm utilizing for myself. Then I'll work on 4 through 6 over here. And by the time I'm done, I'm looking at possibly we'll say, if you've got a book in you that's 10 chapters long, then it's going to take you about a week to record. Now, if you're writing it, you're going to need a little bit more time. So you'll need more time to sit down and actually get into it. But you actually won't need as much time as you think you will. So that's the interesting thing. Whereas when you're sitting down and recording it, Generally, we use between five to seven minutes of usable content. And when I say that, it means I've usually got authors that sit down and they're rattling off 20 minutes of content. And I'm like, great, there's exceptional content that takes up about five to seven minutes. And that's what I'm working with. Second, in your writing... You can write more than you think you can. It's all about getting into the zone. So if you can say, okay, today I'm going to write chapter one. Now, how long does it take to write a chapter? And I'm not counting all the preparation that we feel we need to do. Did I get another cup of coffee? Did I fluff my pillow on my desk chair? Oh, my favorite blanket. Where is it? I need it to lay over my legs. I'm not talking about that preparation. I'm talking about just sitting down and getting to it and then writing it, the actual act of writing, if you're going to write a chapter and you know what you're going to talk about and that's backed up by your outline, you might find it will only take you an hour. might take you less because you're writing between 3,500, no, I'm sorry, maximum 3,500, probably between 2,000 and 3,500 words is what you want your chapters to be, Again, I don't want the focus, I say again because I say this all the time, I don't want the focus to be that, oh, okay, I hit this length, I have to stop, I'm done. Make sure that you purge yourself. Make sure that you successfully empty that bucket, right? That's what I think about it as. When I haven't written for a very long time, I'm like, oh, I got to dump the bucket. Those are all the words and the stories and everything else that's built up. I dump that bucket. So you can do it that way. Just chip away at it and be consistent. And then you'll be able to move on and write that book that you really do want to write. And that is going to have a whole other energy behind it. So hopefully that helps you to approach this. Sometimes you just have to freaking fracking do it. Item number two, I'm not sure what services I really need. Okay, and welcome to the rest of the world because so many people, especially first-time authors, don't know. How are you supposed to know? You don't know what it looks like. You, you're looking at the overview of the creation of the book. But inside that are services. We don't know what those are until we sit down and we talk to somebody. Services are predicated and should be predicated on your needs, and I like to say that we bundle and unbundle over here. I'm not a publishing house that will say to you, this is what the price is, I don't care what you've created, I go on length and I go on these particular services. You might say to me, but Hillary, I I don't need a cover. I've got a guy who does my branding He does a really fantastic job and I want that brand congruency and I will say, great. So we'll cut the cost of the cover out and then we'll work with your guy to make sure that the quality is there to make sure those dimensional components are covered. So who you're interviewing, be it a publisher or an editor, who's going to help bring your book to fruition. If you're self publishing, for example, should be aware of these things. I chop up the whole of what we're trying to do, getting the book out into the world, into four pillars. Pillar number one is the main content. Number two is extraneous content. And that is content that is not critical to supporting the main content. That might be content that's not even mandatory. In some cases, it might be the dedication, might be the acknowledgment, it might be a forward, you can see where I'm going. So we do the main content first, then we work on the extraneous content. We also work on the cover at the same time as the extraneous content. And that cover makes up another pillar and within the umbrella of the cover are various criteria that need to be satisfied, the elements that go on that cover. Again, that publisher or editor should be very knowledgeable about this and just be able to shoot from the hip and tell you, based on experience, everything that you need to know. The fourth and final pillar pillar is marketing and distribution. I include distribution in there. It's, um, It's a really close relationship with marketing, but we all know what that means. Where is the book going? What am I gonna talk about? How am I gonna talk about it? What's the content? Where will I get that content? And that really comes down to an overview of marketing. So if you're unsure of what that means, marketing is made up of objectives. I think of marketing as being behind the stage and advertising as being the show. So it's the the mechanics of how we're putting that advertising together. And advertising has goals i'm building brand awareness i want somebody to buy this that's another need separate from brand awareness for example i've got a promo going on i want to invite people to engage in a particular way i'm offering a service i'm giving a free gift i'm being informational so those are some of the services that you are going to need and you will have your questions answered when you can drill down into them, and then make sure that you're working with somebody who respects the fact that, hey, I might not need a proofer because my mom's an English teacher. That is awesome sauce, and I'm much more likely to jump on board that than I am to have somebody say to me, yeah, I might not need a proofer because my best friend reads a lot of books. Okay, no, now we don't have a deal, I'm sorry. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. No, that's not. <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> I was searching for an analogy. That's what came out. I should have said it in a British accent. I did it. Uh, I let you down in many, many ways. So let's move on. Number three, I don't know what an editor does. I'm feeling defensive, like my words are being lost. That is a major sticking point, and it is a uh, a major alert that you need to have a conversation with your editor. Your editor is not in charge of your style. So there's different ways to get to the finish line when we're writing a sentence and we are communicating the same thing. One might be shorter and advisable, but if that is not how you speak, and for example, you're building up a uh, a speaking repertoire, you're trying to get on podcasts more, and you're getting out there as your genuine and authentic self, and that's not how you sound, well, then we got a problem. Then your editor needs to step back and they need to let you, as long as you're being grammatically correct, they need to let you express yourself in the way that you express yourself. My saying is that I don't want my words coming out of your mouth. That's disingenuous. And it also robs you of the joy of you. So that's important. Now, on the flip side, if this is relevant, if you're looking at edits and they make sense, but it ticks you off because they make sense, and you still feel like your words are being lost, that's an emotional response. And that means that we need to spend some time talking about that. Why are you feeling this way? What's going on? And I invite you to think about some of your favorite big name authors. To the top of my list is always the great Stephen King who will not sign my adoption papers. I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure if he didn't get them or what, but I'm interviewing for a daddy and Stephen King is number one on my list. (laughs) So if you know him, you know, just throwing it out there. If you know him, just let him know, hey, did you get those adoption papers? You guys, I sent him my book and I didn't talk about what a wonderful writer he was. I talked about what a wonderful father he was. If that tells you where I was in my head and I was just like, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. Stephen King, James Patterson... J.K. Rowling, huge people, huge names pushing billions of dollars worth of business and products, and books being one of those products, do not do it on their own. They have to have a level of detachment, and it is a careful detachment, so they don't lose what's important to them and they don't lose their style, but they also understand I am not going to micromanage this process and there's a reason that you hired an editor or a publisher as well. That's important to do. Or if you didn't hire a publisher, maybe you pitched a biggie, Random House picked you up, you are still going to have an ensemble of people. When I published Six Success with Sound Wisdom, I think I had two editors, I had another marketing guy, I had somebody else that was overseeing the whole thing, and they did a fabulous job. And the best way to work together was not to split hairs. So think about that. If you're getting your edits back and you're like, man, you're cutting a lot. I'm not sure about this. Is your voice really lost? Part of the process of using an editor or a publisher, you can't expect to get better. When we're confronted with the fact that we even need to get better, that's defensive. That rises up and we want to hold on to that and we want to say, I don't want to hear what you have to say because I don't want to lose myself and I'm afraid. And also I'm feeling really vulnerable because I don't feel like I'm that good at this right now. So sometimes you need to step back and you need to say, hey, all right, what's the truth behind this? In any regard, have a conversation with your editor if you're feeling like this. Number four, I don't know what step to take next. Okay. That's okay. There is a certain hierarchy of the steps that make it easier for you. A caring editor is going to usher you into the process and make sure that you're comfortable. They're not going to retrain you on how to organize yourself. They're not going to say, hey, it's great that you're here. You started writing a book with us. I know you're feeling really vulnerable and unsure about things. Now I want you to retrain your brain, to rethink organizationally this way. Not advisable. And I don't even know how effective that would be because there is the process of pulling the content out of your brain and it's not really going to work that well if you have to retrain yourself on how to do it. You can retrain it, I just don't think doing it at this time when you're trying to write a book is the right time to do that and my whole point is that you should be able to ask your editor what services or what step to do next, rather. You should be able to talk to them about that. You don't want to do everything all at the same time, but you do want to prepare yourself for the transformation you're about to go through. You are not just an author. You're actually about to become a marketer. You're about to become a speaker. You're about to become a podcast host. You're about to become a content creator for social media. In the creation of the book, it's helpful to think about the different hats that you're going to wear. Follow the four pillars if you're not quite sure what to do within that process. You know the first step is always going to be doing that outline. Then we focus on the main content, get those extraneous pieces and the cover done. In the meantime, you will have worked on your marketing and advertising so that when the book is close to completion. And I like to say about six weeks out that you start drumming up some interest in what you've created. But the other thing is that when you work with an editor and you're not sure what step to take next, they should be able to tell you Here's your homework. I want you to do this first and do this this way. And here's a resource to complete this. And they'll be able to explain to you, this is exactly why we do it this way. Here's an example. I always advise that you write the Amazon description first. It's longer. As of the time of this recording, Amazon is allowing you 4,000 characters, not words. So you know that you're able to use more marketing content. That's exactly why they are allowing that. They want you to include those keywords that are going to drive traffic. They want this to be an effective piece for you. So you do that step first because that Amazon description resembles very closely what your back cover content is going to be. So you might take that Amazon description and you might chop it off at the knees and say, hey, this is great. I don't need to do anything more with it. You probably need to massage it a little bit. Or you might take that Amazon description and say, I like these three pieces. I'm going to pull those out and use those to craft that back cover content. And here's a little tip. If you want help with that back cover content, pick up any book gonna tell you right there pick up any book in the same or similar genre same or similar subject turn it over and go for it don't have to be perfect that's what editing's for number five I don't know if it's normal to feel this way I'll tell you what I had no idea what I was doing when I was writing my novel killing Carl 2k is available on Amazon <laughs> Oh, nobody laughs harder at my jokes than me. I'm telling you what. I didn't know what I was doing for eight years. You know what? I take that back. For seven years, because at the beginning of year eight, I hired a New York Times bestselling editor. This is a guy who had brought other fiction books to the point where they were saleable and able to make that list. And I thought, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know if it's normal to receive these type of responses. Uh, I don't know if it's normal to have the amount of edits that I have. I don't know what's coming next in the process. It was all very confusing. And then this editor stepped in and said, hey, This is the process we're going to follow, and he was a bumper to my emotions. My emotions were bumping all over the place like a bowling ball gone crazy. And they would just bump into the bumpers, and he would absorb those blows and say, yes, it's normal to feel this way. This is a little uh, off-kilter, let's let's fix this, let's smooth this, and he'll challenge you, and that's what an editor should do. They should challenge you, but they should also pave the way so that you're feeling comfortable. It's one of the reasons that you hire an editor. It's not that they're going to be your buddy-buddy, but they are going to be your partner on this journey. It's good to think about them that way. It's good to get used to that that way. Writing your book is such an interesting exercise in embracing healthy ego and rejecting ego that wants to take over and be defensive. You're coming forward and you're saying, and I often use this analogy that you're on a balance beam or you're on a high wire, you're coming forth and you're saying on this side, I feel great. I have something that people are going to find value in, and so I'm going to write it. And there is a core confidence that has to accompany writing a book. On the other side of the high wire is, oh, I'm a little wobbly over here. And that is because you have to be coachable and open, and you have to have the self-awareness to know that that is what is advisable for you right now. To improve. So it is a hard balancing act and in the midst of all these emotions you're just not quite sure what step to take next. So you don't know if it's normal to feel this way. I think items four and five are very closely related. Item number six, I'm afraid people will judge me. You know what? I can't protect you from that. I can't protect you from your own thoughts. I can't protect you from those thoughts restraining you. All I can say is that use what my son Colton says, make your thoughts clouds, let them pass. I love that. Every time I have a bad thought, I'm like, I'm just gonna let that pass. Like a cloud in a big blue sky. Those analogies, that visualization helps me. It's okay if people judge you People are going to do what they're going to do, and we have to learn to let go of that control and say, that has nothing to do with me. It's like that old saying, what people think about me is none of my business. It's not any of your business. Who cares what they say? Are they going to impact your sales? Are they going to be invited to help you create the content? No, they're not. This is your thing. This is all you. It's nobody else's. That's another reason that I love working on books because it solely belongs to the author. It is their journey. It is special. Don't let that experience be sullied with the perception that people might judge you. Well, they might not. You might find out, and you probably will find out that most people will be like, holy cow, you wrote a book, that's insane. I love it. You're also going to hear from people that say, you inspired me. I want to write a book too. It's a pretty cool ripple to throw out there. Seven is I don't agree with the edits. This happens. It is a little bit of a piggyback on item three, without the defensiveness. Now without the defensiveness. If you don't agree with the edits, that's the time to have a conversation with your editor because they might be, oh good, here comes more machinery right on time. They might be relevant, but, and maybe they're well done, but it might be a situation where it's not, the message is not coming across in the way that you want it to come across. It's okay to have these conversations with your editor. Just because you don't agree doesn't mean you each kick each other to the curb. It means that you are wrangling over content. That is to be expected. Your editor is getting to know you. You're getting to know your editor. They're trying to tromp around upstairs inside your brain and figure out What does this person mean? Am I getting this across this way? Maybe they've lost the tone. Reel it back in. Maybe they made an assumption. I thought you were trying to say this. No, I wasn't. Perfect. What were you trying to say? It's easy to get these little wrinkles ironed out when you know how to have the conversation, enter into it without a fear of conflict. It's your baby. But we need to have these conversations or mature conversations around art. That's how I think about it. It's around art. Does this match? And, and know how to have the conversation too. It's kind of funny because I've experienced people who are overly careful in how they talk to you. Well, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings and I I know you're very good at your job and I'm not saying that. But this, okay, you don't need to... Wrap me in and uh, bubble wrap. You know I'm not the bubble boy. It's okay. And then that's probably not very PC, was it? Oh my goodness, let's take that back. We'll just roop, we're gonna reel that back in. Or they'll be like just storming at you. You know, this sucks. <laughs> this. What? Who talks to each other that way? That's not... I had one guy yesterday, he said, when it doesn't make sense or you don't like it, I want you to tell me it's a piece of shit. And I I just started laughing and I said, well, that's not really my style. Um, We talk about the cookie. I've mentioned the cookie before. You make a critique cookie. This is a great thing. This is something that can be worked on. This is a great thing again. Then you give him the cookie. I like that. I learned about the cookie and advertising and and marketing in my advertising and marketing classes. Actually, my uh, drawing classes is when I learned about the cookie because we were coached on that by our teacher. And I'll always carry that with me. Number eight, I don't know about the formatting options. What should I do? That's a great question. Formatting a book is, and I get it a lot, so it's not a great question that I'm like, Hillary, great question. Pat yourself on the back and break your arm. The formatting is a totally different art form. It has to do with font. It has to do with layout. It has to do with white space where you're allowing the reader to rest their eyes. That's important. That's also why we divvy up those paragraphs. If I have a long paragraph, I'm going to separate them into multiple paragraphs to make sure that it's not a laborious process for my reader. That's the last thing we want them to do. When your reader is holding their book in your hand, you want them to be skipping through that meadow. This is so delightful. I'm getting through all of this content. I'm remembering it all. It's very clever. I love it. It's snappy. That's what we're trying to do. So talk to a formatter. This is a person that likely they are a graphic designer. The emphasis might be on formatting a newspaper, for example, or they might format emails. They might handle the layout organization but it's a totally different art form so you'll talk to them they'll help you select fonts and it's not as much as you might think if you're running into formatting options that are running in over a thousand dollars which I will not work with people who who gouge me I'm like no we're not doing this because I am giving you a message we're not doing this but talk to people who know what they're doing, who have a background in it. I've got two formatters that I use regularly. If you have questions about formatting, please don't be afraid to reach out. You can always hit the contact option at the top of the screen and send me an email, and I'm happy to connect you with anybody on the team who can help you with your particular task. Number nine, I don't know how much I should invest. You know, I'll tell you what, I am of the belief That your book out the door, including cover, interior formatting, all editing iterations, if this is a standard book that's fairly well put together, the outline was done on it prior, the structure is sound, all of that. Let's assume we've checked all the boxes. You can get away with having a book in both iterations print Paperback, not hardcover. That's usually a different vendor. But you can get away with having that in an ebook that both are formatted. They're beautiful. They're up on Amazon. They're positioned in such a way to encourage high likelihood, high, high likelihood of uh, Amazon bestseller positioning. So what we do is, if I could just quit rambling for a minute, is We make sure that we check the boxes on a number of different items and that gives you a greater likelihood of reaching that Amazon bestseller status. That's inclusive and that's kind of like a mini marketing pack to get you going and kick your book in the rear and launch it out there. I am of the belief that you can do this for around $10,000 everything. There's a way to do it. You can also continue to cut costs, too. And there might be some publishers out there and there might be some editors out there that are like, hey, man, you know, you're undercutting me. And to them, I want to say I don't care because I know the true cost of these items and there there is gouging going on in the marketplace. So I'm telling you, it is affordable. I'm also telling you there are payment options. Um, and make sure that you're writing this off if you're writing a nonfiction book or even if you're writing a fiction book and you're launching a career as an author. It's all expenses you can write off. How much you're investing depends on what you're doing. You might say, I just want this book to be proofed. Great. That might cost you two cents a word, uh, predicated on a 250, 250 words per page. That's what that might cost you. might cost you one cent. It just depends. Is there a little bit more to be done? Do you need line editing? That's a little bit of advice coming in where people are saying, not sure about this clarity. I'm not sure about this word choice. Everything we're talking about today should not affect your style, though, and I want to make sure that's very, very clear because I have worked with some editors that have stepped over the line and said, I want to talk about your style. I want to talk about... I wouldn't say this. You know what I'd say to an editor who said that to me? I don't care what you would say. What would the author say? That's what we need to pay attention to. Item number 10. I don't know how many words a chapter should be or how long a book should be, what that word count is. I like to advise people about 2,000 words to 3,500 words for the chapter. Some people push into 5,000 words, Into them I say, well... We're gonna chop that, we're gonna cut that up. We might bisect it or trisect it. We've gotta keep the reader moving along. Yes, it's important to end at a particular point, but if we are really dragging our feet on a chapter, then I'm going to advise you that we find a different point. And we'll do what we can to connect those chapter hooks and make sure that your reader will keep reading. But this is a method to keep them reading too, is to have shorter chapters not necessarily a shorter book, but shorter chapters. When it comes to the word count of a book, I like you to be at least 30,000 words, 30,000 words in either of the two standard dimensions of nonfiction, well, actually, uh, fiction and nonfiction, five by five by eight by five, or six by nine. 30,000 words equates to, depending on your formatting, The range here is between about 110 pages to 120 pages. So that gives you a spine. And it's important to have a spine. You don't want a book that looks like you took a piece of paper and just folded it over and then now there's no spine. That is not a book to me, really. I mean, I guess it could be classified as that. There's different ways that people do binding. That's a brochure that you pick up at your doctor's office. You might read about my teratoma and me. That's where you would read something like that. We're shooting for a spine, so get it up over 30,000 words. If it's long and we need to have a talk about, hey, this is really long. It's dragging on. What are we going to cut? We'll do that. We have those conversations every day. It's not a big deal. But those are your length parameters. Number 11, I'm uncomfortable speaking my book. Well, I'm uncomfortable speaking this podcast sometimes. <laughs> and I, still, I still do it. What do I do? I focus on the action. I focus on the points. So every time I sit down and I'm ready to do a podcast, I make sure that I have a script in front of me, that script has points, it's very similar to an outline. Your book outline is going to be similar to a speech outline. Some people stray from that and they start creating the book as they're creating the outline. That's not necessarily a bad thing to do, it just means your outline is going to be hella long and that's fine as long as it helps you get where you need to go. No big deal. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be uncomfortable speaking. You're going to be uncomfortable writing. You're going to be uncomfortable learning how to fly fish. You're going to be uncomfortable in your first aerial class. You're going to be uncomfortable when you try new things. And the idea is to get used to that and say, oh, gosh, I am, I am just not feeling this. Okay, I need to keep going. But the good news is you're going to get better. And then after a while, you're not going to care that much. And you might even laugh about it. I do that now. I I laugh about those little screw-ups instead of, you know, wringing my hands about it and this is terrible and, and I'm going to go down in a burning, fiery mess. No, you're not. You're absolutely not. You're going to be completely fine. Speak your book out. Get the gist out. Think of... The process behind it, the process is always going to be that you're going to speak your book, you'll write your book, you will engage in this process every single time. From the rough draft all the way through to the finished version, you'll polish and polish and polish and polish. So screw up when you're uncomfortable. Screw up in writing. Just get it out. It can sound like A wooden hand wrote the words just stilted and just not flowing. I don't care. Get it out what you need to say. Some of writing is really unglamorous, too. Some of writing is more like writing about the glue. I have to explain where this person was. I have to get this person from here to there. I need to explain this process. We need to go into this step. It's not glamorous at all, and it doesn't need to be. So, get uncomfortable, address it, think about your feelings later. I like to think about feelings later. That flows very nicely into item 12. I'm overwhelmed, and you're going to be overwhelmed. Of course, you are. Somebody might say to you, Are you writing your book? And in that sentence, that sentence is pregnant. In that sentence, there's everything that you need to do. Oh my gosh, why? Well I- I haven't written this part, and I I don't even know what I'm going to talk about in chapter five. And what about, oh, this is out of order, and I'm not sure what I need to do. You're You're going to be overwhelmed. It's the same as you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be overwhelmed. But the good news is, when you hire an editor, you have got yourself a buddy. You have got a guide in the jungle. They're going to tell you, don't eat those mushrooms. Eat these ones over here. Then you won't die. But you've got a guide. So you can say to them, I'm overwhelmed, I'm not sure what to do. When I'm overwhelmed, I find that I'm often worrying about things that usually don't happen. Or I started getting a little bit of anxiety last night. I'm not even sure why. I just started thinking about all the stuff I have to do. And I thought to myself, you are thinking in the future. You are not addressing how you are going to go through this process you will not die buried under a pile of your work so go to sleep and then to put myself to sleep in my head i wrote a comedy sketch (laughs) isn't that what everybody does oh you count sheep Oh, you do something different okay never mind anywho you're going to be overwhelmed you've got a guide talk to them and do my favorite thing in the whole wide world chop up those tasks Address them one by one and stay in the moment. Think about, am I on a deadline right now? Do I have to have the book done by tomorrow? You have got time in front of you. If you're at the beginning of creating your book, you probably haven't even started with any of the marketing deadlines. So you have a lot of wiggle room to move around in there. Oh, if you're overwhelmed, take that deep breath. Let it out. My friend, Drew Linsalata, who is just the anxiety king, and he's just amazing, helped me with my breathing when he said, when you exhale, it should always be a little bit longer than you're inhaling. And I was like, I was doing it wrong. Hey, these don't work. I was doing it wrong. Can I get different lungs? And I just had to change what I was doing. So there's different ways that you can just calm down. Sometimes if you're overwhelmed, you need to step away for a minute. You need to step away. You need to do something else. Let your subconscious settle the battleground that's going on inside you. And then you'll come back to it. It's interesting. But if you step away, your subconscious starts to find solutions for things. Overwhelmed, reach out to your editor. Remember some of the things that we talked about. Number 13, the lucky number 13, I don't sound like my favorite writer. Stylistically, I hope you never do. I hope you never lose your verve, your elan. I hope you never lose your energy, your tone. Never lose that, that's important, that's special. If you're talking about the technical manifestations and some of these literary devices that the writer is using. They know how to use dialogue. They know how to show, not tell. They know the art of analogy, of simile, of metaphor, of all of those things. They know how to move the story along. They know how to keep the reader hanging on. They know how to organize their thoughts. All that is, is practice. There's a certain part of writing that can be taught. So all that is is practice, but even practice, 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 you're still going to sound different at the end of your 10,000 hours of mastery than your favorite writer will. Understand too, favorite writers have a freaking entourage. I had a baby entourage when I worked with the editing team on my last book, Six Success, I had two editors, somebody in charge of marketing and somebody in charge of the whole shebang. So I had like four or five people because there, there was uh, another person in there who was doing the cover. So I had like five people and I felt really, really special. I don't mind telling you that. I felt like, is this what it's like? I like, yeah, I'm digging this. Is this what it's like to be a Kardashian? This is crazy. I won't be able to go outside soon. No, I wasn't that nuts. But I had to let go. I had to let go and I had to say, I'm trying to make my editor's life easier. I'm trying not to split hairs here. If this is something that they want to do and that is advisable for them and maybe I don't know about it, hey, I'm going to step back. I'm going to say, great. Go for it. Do your thing. This is what you're here for. This is your job. I'm going to respect your job. And that's what I did. And it was great. And I learned. If we fight with people through the process, unless it's totally relevant, but if we fight with people because we're feeling our emotions, we're robbing ourselves of the ability to learn what they want to teach us. So I always kind of step back and go, what do you want to teach me? What am I supposed to observe? How am I going to get better? Right meow? And that wraps up our list today. Thank you so much for joining me. I've always found that chopping up anything that seems intimidating is incredibly helpful. I instantly start to breathe a little easier. I know that I am perfectly capable of attacking a handful of items. And I am a list nerd. I will write and rewrite lists. I'll check the boxes. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel productive. I know I can also leave the rest until it's time to work on them. So if you're feeling stuck, this episode is for you. You can look at accomplishing your writing goals in a different way. I'm wishing you all the best as you embark on your writing journey, as you continue down that path. And I know you can do it. Buddy knows you can do it too. That's why he shook his collar right there just for you. I want to thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Go Book Yourself. When you're ready to write, you know where to go. Until next time, authors, write on.